0: All right, Um, I never got that clicker for today, but I don't know. So, good morning. Um, Today, um, oh, my name's David. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Sorry. So today we're going to be talking about, what? What? Okay, I'm sorry. My name is David, uh, (laughs) and I am going to be speaking today about preparation. (laughs) Okay, good. Is that enough of an introduction for everybody? Okay, all right. So, uh, today we're going to be talking about preparation, the third week in Advent. All right, so I want to start um, just to kind of a reminder, um, what are we preparing for? Um, You know, as we think about preparing for Christmas, um, there's a lot of images in our culture that are presented to us um, that present a vision of what we're preparing for, a vision of Christmas um, that's not really uh, God-centered. And so I want to bring us back to think about you know, really, what are we preparing for? And then and then, what are we preparing? Are we preparing our homes? Are we preparing our hearts? Are we preparing our meal? You know, like, what are we preparing and what are we preparing for? Um, so, uh, I'm just going to read this um, This is passage from John, John chapter 1. Um, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this is talking about Jesus um, as the Word being with God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So here's Jesus, the creator, um, being with God. Um, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So we see a vision of the world as a dark place, a place where sin reigns after the fall. Uh, And we see Jesus as the light, as the life. Um, the, tr- the true light, Jesus, that gives light to every man, was coming into the world. Um, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. So the true light, Jesus, came into the world. Um, so this is what we're preparing for. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor human decision, nor husband's will, but born of God. The word, Jesus, became flesh. He was born and made his dwelling here among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we're preparing for the entrance of our Savior into the world in human flesh to bring about the forgiveness of sins and the eradication of evil in the world. We're not just preparing for a party or a nice day with our family or something like that. So as we go forward, I just want to remember this and hold this in the back of our minds. But this isn't the end and this isn't the only thing we're preparing for. Okay? Okay because it's only the the first half of the coming of the Messiah and the coming of the Savior. This is from Revelation chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every every month So we're also preparing our hearts for the return of the King. For the day when there will be no more night and we'll see the face of God and live in that reality. um, When the world will see the kingdom of God. All right. So today for our our passage um, that we're going to kind of spend, I guess, the bulk of our time in uh, Luke three um, two through eleven. So, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. Um, so John is the one we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, actually. We've kind of focused on the story of Zechariah and John um, leading up to Christmas. And John is the one who comes before Christ. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth. And all mankind will see God's salvation. So this is a promise from Isaiah. All mankind will see God's salvation. There's going to come this voice calling in the desert, coming before the Savior, announcing him, preparing the way. And so John comes preaching the baptism of repentance, preaching the word of preparation. Prepare your hearts, repent. And he said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then, the crowd asked. And John answered, The man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. So, um, here in this passage, this is... John, preparing the way for Christ to come into the world. Um, he is announcing Christ, and he is preparing the people for the coming of a Savior. And he's announcing, he's saying, here's what you must do. Okay. This is how to prepare your hearts. Okay. So as we think about how to prepare for Christmas, as we think about the Advent season leading up to our celebration of the birth of Christ, We also think about preparing our hearts to receive that Savior and to receive this. Um, And there's a few things that that we want to go through in this passage. Come on. There we go. So, the first one is repentance. So as we prepare our hearts, we come to God and we repent. Um, And as we think about repentance... um, Think about repentance as a turning away from sin. We come before God, recognize, I am sinful. Um, I cannot save myself. I cannot do anything to save myself. And I repent of my sins. And I turn away from them. I turn away from the slavery and I'm freed from it in this repentance. I put my faith in Christ and I turned towards a life of submission to the will of God. And John was preaching a promise saying the Redeemer will come to Zion to those of Jacob who repented their sins declares the Lord. So we have this promise that the Redeemer will come if we repent. Um, and there's, there's a bunch of other examples there. Um, I'm not going to read through all of them but there was this promise of repentance uh, before the Savior comes. So repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Um, So the first thing is repentance. Turning away from sin and turning towards God. And this is done, you know, prayer, fasting, longing for God. As we think through what does it mean that the Savior is coming into the world. Um, If we are preparing for, like we saw in the first slide, the the true light that gives light to every man coming into the world. How do we prepare? Right? How do you prepare your hearts if you're going to meet the true light that comes into the world? Right? Uh, we turn away from evil, turn away from darkness, and turn towards the light with our hearts. Okay. Second thing he says is then, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Repentance. So if we think about repentance as a change of heart and as a turning of heart, as a turning towards the light that's come into the world, right, we see change. Right? And this isn't uh, a works-based salvation. This isn't something where we say, you have to do this to be saved. But John is saying, if you've repented, if you truly turn to God, if you've turned away from sin, then this is what's going to happen in your life. There's going to be change. So bear fruit. Right? And he says, he says the axe is at the root of the tree. If you don't bear fruit, Israel, you're going to be thrown to the side and thrown into the fire. Right? Because that means you haven't repented. Right? And those who do repent will be given the right to become the children of God, not of natural descent, but born of God. So this fruit that we see and that John speaks of, we're told, you know, we're given later um, in Paul. Paul speaks of the same thing. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So this is what we should see in our lives. And then they say, okay, they come to John and say, okay, what should we do then? How should, what should we do? And he says, well, if your heart is truly changed, if you've repented and you're bearing fruit, then put your trust in God. Don't depend on yourself. Don't depend on the world. Don't depend on your store of wealth, your extra tunic, your extra clothing, your extra food. Give it away. Trust God to provide for you when your tunic wears out. Trust God to provide for you when your food runs out. If you have two tunics, give to the one who has none. If you have food, share with the one who has none. And trust God that tomorrow he's going to provide food for you. This is the same thinking that we see in the words of Christ when he says, Give us this day our daily bread. Provide for my needs today, Lord. Now, just um, a word of caution, if we see this only as give food away, if we see this literally as just give your food, your extra food, or just give your extra clothing, then I think we risk a misinterpretation because today, our wealth is not held in the form of food or clothing. Our wealth is held in the form of bank accounts and 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 uh, stocks and bonds and, you know, whatever else, you know, we have. And so I think, you know, if we keep faith with what, God is, with what John is saying here, preparing for the Savior, trust God to provide. Right? Don't trust in yourself. Okay? The one who has $2 should share with the one who has none. Yeah, and you know, we're actually going to talk about that a little bit um, as we go forward. Um, I think that God has given us things to invest in the kingdom, Um, and so stewardship um, is investing things correctly in the kingdom of God um, for his rewards, Um, and so so when you say, you know, stewardship, you know, if if we are approaching things in a God centered way, um and if we're approaching things through Christ, um, you know, I think we I don't know, it's a very complex I mean it's it's hard for me to get into right now, but um Yeah, you know, let's see if we, we get to it. Let's see here. All right. All right. So um, so what should we do then? Put our trust in God. Um, so Jesus actually spoke about His return okay, um, in multiple passages in the Bible. And so as we go forward, as we think about, well, okay, was John just talking about the first, you know, coming of the Christ? Was he just talking about people prepare your hearts for, you know, the Savior here? And Jesus talks about. You know his return and preparing, and, and talks specifically to us about about his return, um, in Matthew chapter 24, and then he goes forward in Matthew 25 to explain and say, "This is what this is what I mean. How do we prepare for the coming of Christ, and how do we prepare for Christ to return?" Okay, and there's three stories, and we're not going to read through the whole chapter. I encourage you to go back and kind of read through this as as within this light of how am I preparing for Christ and how am I preparing for him to come back. Okay, and there's three stories. The first one is about the virgins in, in the lamps where the virgins are sitting outside um, the wedding uh, waiting for the bridegroom and some of them are prepared and some of them aren't. And the main, the main thrust of the story is be ready for Christ. Be prepared. And don't grow weary of waiting all right. Don't fall asleep as you wait for Christ to come. Okay. All right. The the second story is about the master's talents, um, and here's where we get to kind of stewardship and 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 investing in the kingdom. And here uh, it's a story of a master who goes out of town and he gives his servants uh, money or, or talents. He gives you know five to one, and, and two to the second, and one to the third. Um, and he says, okay, use these, invest them, and I'll be back. And, and he comes back, and the first, first servant says, well, here, you know, I've invested these gifts that you gave me, and here's, here they are doubled. You know, and I've, I've seen a return on the, the gifts that you gave me by investing them in your kingdom. And, and the second one comes and says the same. Look, I've doubled the, what you gave me. Now here's four, um, and then the third third person comes back and says the third the third servant comes back and says, "Well, you know I just took the gift that you gave me, and I held on to it, I just guarded it so that I wouldn't lose it and here it is back and he says, "Well, you know, away with you, you know um, basically condemning this servant for not investing what the master had given him, and we see this as an analogy of of God's gifts for us as we prepare for the kingdom as we prepare for the return of Christ and the establishment of his kingdom and we see the expansion of his kingdom here on earth now right? we are called to invest time, talents, money in the kingdom of God for its expansion and we will see the returns right? and I'm not saying that if you give money to the church you're going to get more money I'm saying, if you invest in the kingdom, you will see the expansion of the kingdom, oh, yeah, okay, so you said, talk about what the nature of expanding the rule of God right yes, yeah that's that's good that's a good point. So the kingdom of God, as we see its expansion. Um, isn't a place. It's not a building. Um, it's it's an expansion of the area that is ruled by God. And so, when we talk about the rule of God, we talk about the rule of God in in hearts and in minds. Um, and we talk about the expansion of the body of believers. Um, and so, everything that we do is oriented towards expanding that rule of God in the minds of of people. And so, we see people growing in Christ, and we see people see people putting their trust in Christ. Um, And we learn, um, yeah, and so if we're investing the gifts that God has given us in the kingdom, uh, we will see the the expansion of the rule of God. Okay, Um, and then he gives a third story. Um, and this third story is one of the most specific in the Gospels about um, giving. Um, it's the story of the sheep and the goats. And it's the story where Jesus says, look, on one hand, you, you fed me when I was hungry, and you gave me water when I was thirsty, and you watched over me when I was in prison, and you, you gave me shelter when I needed it, you gave me clothing, you provided for my needs. And they say, well, when did I do that? He said, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Right? So welcome, my sheep, to the kingdom of God. Right? And he looks at the others on his, the other side and he says, you didn't do these things, so, so go away from me. And these are the goats. Um, so you know, I encourage you to go back and read it, but it's very specific. Okay? Um, And I think what Jesus is saying is this is a fuller explanation of what's come before and it's an explanation of of what we do as we prepare for the full embodiment of the kingdom of God in the world. As we expand the kingdom in our hearts and in the lives of those around us, when we are bearing fruit in keeping with repentance, this is what we're doing. Okay. Um, so, oh, okay. So, kind of back to preparation for Christmas. Uh, more specifically, how do we, as a culture, prepare for Christmas? Okay. Um, I want to read this this passage. Luke twenty-one thirty-four is actually just after in the book of Luke, where Jesus talks about. Uh, his his coming, um, his his second coming when he's going to come back, the signs of the, end of the age, and he says, as you are waiting, as you're waiting for my return, as you're preparing, be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down, by dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Okay, and so we see. Jesus saying these things, and as, as I look around at our culture's preparations for Christmas, okay, I see all of these things. dissipation, the dictionary definition of dissipation, which I actually I, I looked up, I was kind of sure of it, but you know I want to make sure. so wasteful expenditure or consumption, indulgence in se- sensual pr- pleasure, intemperance literally the loss of self-control, and amusement or diversion, escape from reality. (laughs) Dissipation. And I want you just to think about this definition as we think about what goes on in the culture around us this time of year. As we think about wasteful expenditure consumption, indulgence in pleasure, loss of self-control... Amusement and diversion. Drunkenness. Enslavement to sin. Addiction. Addiction to all sorts of things we see around us. We see alcohol and drunkenness and the destruction of lives. We see addiction to spending. We see addiction to to food, to sex, okay, to sin. So this is the enslavement to sin in our lives. And then... The anxieties of life we are weighed down by. Um, this is a time of year when more people are under stress, uh, anxiety, depression. Right? We have a busy schedule. People are spending too much, so they're feeling the pressure. Right? Um, and it's a season when we are com- so completely self-focused uh, and so completely focused on how do I com- compare to my neighbor um, and so I want us to see, see these three things as, you know, kind of the loss of self-control, enslavement to sin, right, and self-focus. Okay? As we think about the contrast of how do we as Christians prepare for the coming of the Messiah. Okay? And the first thing uh, I think that we see uh, is fasting. The return of self-control, and this has traditionally been a major, major focus of Advent, the 40 days coming before Christmas, is fasting in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. Right. Giving up. Um, and, and the second thing, as, as you know, we saw in John, is repentance. Turning away from sin. Turning towards the freedom in Christ. Embracing our position as the children of God, born of God. And then the third thing, bearing fruit. As we think about this in the um, context that we've given it so far, um, if we are truly relying and trusting on God, we become focused not on ourselves and not on how we compare to our neighbor and not on making sure that everything is perfect not making sure that all of the, you know, decorations are perfect on the Christmas tree so that people come over and say, wow, that's beautiful. And not on making sure that I'm giving my children more gifts than my neighbor is or not making sure that of all of these things that we worry and are anxious about. But if we rely on God and trust in him and then begin giving away our tunics, then we don't worry. All right? So, so I want to talk about a couple of, I just kind of want to go through some things. None of these things is bad or wrong in and of itself um, or right. And there's, a, you know, we've got a couple of, slides of just some things that I want to kind of go through, um, just to talk about how do we prepare for Christmas as Christians, and where do we invest our time and our money and our talents and our energy um, as we prepare for Christmas and as we think about the coming of the Savior, and as we think about the expansion of the kingdom of God, okay, and um, and so I want you just to kind of look through um, thinking about um, decorations around Christmas. This is something that we do to prepare for Christmas, right? I mean, my, my guess would be pretty much everybody in this room has something in their house to decorate it for Christmas. Most people have a Christmas tree, um, all of these things that we do. Um, right, so... Uh, so why do we do it? Right there, we we have a Christmas tree in our house, and a Christmas tree is a sign of life, and the life that Christ brings, and the the evergreen, the everlasting life. Right. So so I'm not not saying that they're bad, but just to think through. As we do it, are these things producing anxiety and stress, or are they reflecting the gospel? Um, the same thing. Uh, are similar as we talked about gifts. How much time, energy, and money do we spend on gifts? Um, we've taken something, you know, we go back to what Leon was talking about with with Nicholas. Um, the original, the start of giving gifts on Christmas was actually Nicholas who who gave everything he had to the poor. And that was the gift he gave. Um, and we've transformed it into something where where we... We give gifts to our family um, and gives gifts to ourselves uh, in, in what can be a very wasteful manner. And so I think we all need to think through specifically, how do we give gifts and who are we giving gifts to? Are we giving gifts to people who are going to give us gifts back and who are going to give us thankfulness and praise for our gifts? You know, are we doing it in a selfish manner? Or are we giving gifts, you know, to the people who don't have anything? Right? Are we giving of ourselves um, as we think about about giving in Christmas? Um, and then time, you know, we've kind of touched on touched on this a little bit. But how do we invest our time? Um, are we investing our time in the stress and anxiety of life or in the expansion of the kingdom of God. Um, you know I'm going to go to the next list here because we can kind of think through these things. Um, and I encourage you all to, to examine these in your life. How are you... Um, what place do these take? Are these Christmas? Are the decorations and the gifts and the food and the family... Is that what Christmas is? Or is that something that that enhances Christmas and reflects the gospel in your life? How do we as Christians prepare for Christmas? Um, The first thing is in fasting and prayer, repentance. Coming before God opening ourselves and saying, God, fill me with your light. Preparing our hearts, coming in a spirit of humility. Um, yeah. Transforming our attitudes to be the same as that, as that of Christ. Being humble, taking on the nature of a servant. second thing um, proclaiming Christ Um, I encourage you all to think through um, Christmas is the easiest time of year to proclaim Christ Um, it's a time of year when our entire culture Christian and non-Christian has a party based on the coming of Christ um, even though they don't recognize Christ. And so it's a time when there's all sorts of conversation openings, all sorts of opportunities to proclaim Christ and to share the gospel um, and to remind people that the point of Christmas right, is to celebrate the coming of Christ and to prepare for his return. Um, third, speaking the truth. Um, our culture has a lot of of lies and brokenness um, that if we are truly trusting God, we don't buy into um, things like uh, you know that are on things that are on full display this time of year in our culture ideas like what I make is mine um, or I can spend as much as I want right, as long as I've made the money um, and it's these lies that lead, in our culture, to injustice and segregation and inequality. Right? And this is our chance to speak truth into those and to say, "Well, you know, is that really you know a wise thing to spend your money on? You know, um, is it really true that everything that you make is yours, or is what you make God's?" Who does it belong to? Who's provided for you? Who's given you the gifts that you have? Um, And stepping back and speaking truth to that. And then the last thing here, bearing fruit, um, as we've talked about it, um, this is our time to reach out to our neighbors and just share God's love with them. Um, This is something we want to do all year, obviously, but we want to be reaching out, sharing God's love, sharing out of our abundance with those who don't have. Right? Um, and so that, if we come back to how do we prepare for the coming of Christ? And how do we prepare for the ret- His return? And how do we fight for his kingdom to be expanded in the hearts of men and women in our community? How do we proclaim him and see his word spread? We do it by reflecting the light of God in this community, Um, by proclaiming him in everything that we say, Um, in speaking truth to the lies that exist in this community, in our culture, and by bearing fruit and loving our neighbor and truly caring for them and giving out of our abundance. So I just want to touch on our role as the body of Christ in this community during this season of Christmas, during this season of Advent as we prepare for Christmas. What is our role in the world We are the body of Christ. And Jesus said, when Pilate asked him what his role is, he said, You're right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. And so we are here to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And just a reminder about what truth you know, what we are testifying to. Um, God, in his love for us, in his love for the world, gave his one and only Son so that whoever put his trust in him, whoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I know that this is very familiar to many of us, but I want us to come back and see it Um, As we prepare for the coming of Christ, this is the great promise we have. And going forward, Christ says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world's. Um, I just want us to reflect on that. To all who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Um, So just to think through, and this is a time as we go out of great celebration and great rejoicing as we think about the coming of Christ. Um, and i want us to reestablish as a body what it means to celebrate christ and what it means to to remember and look forward to his coming um, and it's not what we see out in the world um, it's better right and so so yeah i want us to think about that and reflect on it um, as we as we go forward so um, yeah so now we're going to have um, a time of uh, worship and tithe um, and